Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A nice-looking day. A little, little cool, but, I mean, it is, you know, we're, we're in the middle of December. So, uh, so it's, it's not wet. That's always good. Welcome in, everybody. Bill here in the studio. Dan will be making his way in here momentarily. Our regular Wednesday third, Jason Caldwell, is on his way back from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star Game will be played on Saturday. Jason will be checking in with us by phone. So we'll talk with him uh, at some point here in this hour. And we'd love to hear from you. It is, uh, it, it's, a, there, there's some news today. Um, we will obviously talk some about Auburn basketball tonight as the Tigers take on UNC Asheville in Huntsville. But um, there, there is some, there is some NCAA news that I think is more than a little noteworthy as a judge today basically putting a restraining order on the NCAA and waivers as far as transfer portal is concerned. What this means is at least for the next two weeks, because the next time this will be heard of the judge, uh, that, that anyone can appear before the judge, um, players will not have to ask for a waiver to transfer a second time before they are graduates. And, and I think we've, we've talked about the future of restrictions on transfers in general, and especially with NIL factored in now that it's, now that it's more about being able to earn money than it was previously as a college athlete, now that that's factored into the equation, your ability to earn and your eligibility is tied, you know, your, your eligibility impacts your value on the NIL market. And so I think the, the, the perspective of some folks would be any restriction by the NCAA on your eligibility because of, oh, you, you've already transferred once or twice would limit a college football player's ability right. to earn money in, in the in the NIL slash transfer portal uh, market. And so I mean I'm I'm not you know, I kind of always thought that was going to fall as far I, as players I know where being. I know where you stand on this. I want to ask you the the then next step because here's what I'm hearing. The next step will be players do not feel there should be any windows that players should be able to transfer at any time in season or out. How would you like to have players that are on this team this week and next week they want to be on the team you're playing? In general, I think the transfer portal how, windows are a good idea. How, well, how can you do that if you're if you can't if it is if it is not fair to limit the number of transfers? How can you tell them when? 
because what I, what what the what one of the suppositions was students can transfer at any time as long as they remain eligible why can't players see but i would think that players being eligible to transfer every year a guy being eligible to play you know four four d1 schools in four years that feels like a bigger change to me than a 365 day transfer portal we had a 360 that's, that's right but <clears throat> but should players be eligible then immediately if they transfer a week before the season starts or well, it just seems like the NCAA is going to lose the appetite to tell tell someone, oh, you're well, you're not eligible because well, I'm, of. I'm, I'm, you know, I think now, academics. I'm, would I'm be closer a, to being out if if players. I mean, if you're going to make college more total free agency than any other level of sports, at no level, high school you can't do. Although we saw it, yeah. Well, we, I mean, we saw it we, this year in Birmingham. I, I guess I'm, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a good thing because I wish there had been regulations in the past that sort of prevent. <laughs> I, I feel the same way about conference expansion. I wish that proactive moves had been made in yeah, the past. And they weren't that that would have preserved uh, you know conferences more like they used to be. But we don't have that. Um, I, I am bracing for a world where every roster is completely year to year. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think, think that I think that's more and more likely. And you know what? You're going to see more and more. I think you're going to see more and more veteran coaches saying, "Forget this." Sure. No, and and I think it's also it's a it's a change for fans that for some fans may be distasteful. It may be something they decide you know isn't just the think sport of the they... excitement every year before. Signing day or announcement times when you could have a whole new roster. Well, and, and from the, the year before. Well, and the that's you know that that can be a blessing when your team underachieves. Right. I guess if you're a fan thinking, well, we're just we're just one good we're just one good transfer portal window away from becoming a contender. But no, I, I mean, I guess I'm not I'm not surprised to see that domino fall as far as players being allowed to. I mean, no, I, I thought that going to court. The players would win. Yeah, once a on this on this stand, I just I hope there is is some way of at least still limiting when players can can make that jump and play well, because I understand what coaches really want is they want to know what their roster is at the end of the spring. They at the you know as they head into the summer, they want to have an idea who they have for the fall. It, I mean, it does it does feel funny that, like, very recently we were talking about, well, some coaches think a 10-day transfer portal window in December would be a good idea. Right. It's like, how well, about, you know what? How about 365? How about, how about this, though? I found out I, I was finally able to get confirmed the dead period does apply to transfers. Wow. Okay. So that and, – and one of the things I saw today, Auburn has a player in Joey Slackman coming in this weekend who was the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year – He's already visited Wisconsin and Florida, and he said in, a, in, in his quote, he was at Penn, he said he was making three more visits this week because he has to, he can't make another visit until January. I then looked and I saw a story by The Athletic, and I checked with someone who deals with uh, athletics on the, college, on the Division I level, and they all confirmed that this transfer portal applies to everyone except graduate transfers. Any undergraduate transfer has to visit either by this Sunday or they cannot start visiting until January the 3rd. Okay, theories about why that would be the case, um, especially if it doesn't apply to graduate transfers. Uh, <clears throat> I would think maybe – well, I was going to say maybe it has to do with letting coaches have some time off for the holidays. But Not the bowl, really. I don't the bowl, think so. The bowls are happening – Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's maybe it's so that teams preparing it's for bowls to prevent 
teams that are playing in the playoffs from having players being visiting. Okay. All right. During that time. Interesting. All right. So, so if you're if you're a player in the portal, an undergrad in the portal, you need to take. You your... need to visit by this Sunday if you want to be in school in January. Well, you'd have a weekend. You'd have that first weekend probably in January. I guess. I guess for Auburn, the drop date or the last date that a player could enroll is probably around the middle of January. So, may, so maybe the second weekend. So you in January might have too. a couple of weeks yeah. there. Which but actually wouldn't be that wouldn't be a bad time to bring in a transfer because students are around. It like wouldn't get, be a bad a, time to bring in a transfer. But it's, late, but it's late notice. It is. It's very it's late. Very notice. late. Yeah. So that's why you see everyone trying to get players in this weekend. Although I you know we we talked about this last year. We saw Auburn uh, add some players after spring practice and uh, out, of, out of necessity in, in some cases. But yeah. Like I, I, I still think. Other that than Peyton Thorne, well, let's see. I guess, uh, I guess Larry Nixon was added. I believe that's right. After after spring, I'm trying to think of guys who played significant factors, Did significant I, roles. I believe Muskie joined the team after. I don't think. Muskie, yeah. I don't think Muskie went through the spring. No, I think he? you're right. I yeah. think you're right. But he didn't really become a starter. He didn't. But he was. But he, he was in the. He, he was, in, he the was top, in the rotation. His top top eight in their top eight. Yeah. Offensive yeah. line. Anyway, so that I think, folks is something, be aware of this. And now, I also have heard, look for a lot of players who maybe aren't happy after their initial transfer and have multiple years left. Look for them to jump into the portal immediately, like over the next few days. And it's a big change 10 days into the portal period. It is. I mean, because now you have schools that can suddenly look at guys who, you know, they weren't sure if they were going to be eligible. You got players who... Well, they might have had to have had a waiver. Now you don't have to worry about the waiver. I I mean, there there might be... Or do you? What happens to players that go, oh, this is great, I'm going to get in the portal, and if the NCAA appeals and it's at least put on hold, yeah. I mean, there's then a, what? There's a chance your status could change between now and the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, a, uh, that, that, that's a risk that I think any, any undergraduate who's already transferred before who decides to transfer again is, uh, is, is maybe uh, looking at. All right, and we'd love for you to join in. We're just underway. You can give us a call on the Drive Hotline, sponsored by... By Skybar, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And let's uh, get to the Drive hotline, and Daniel gets us going. Hey, Daniel. Hey, gentlemen. I hope we're doing well today. Um, I had a specific question that a few of my friends were talking about at lunch today. Mm -hmm. Um, If Day of the playoffs that's coming up, and then the national championship. Say a player is flagged for targeting in the second half of the national championship game. It's a freshman, sophomore. Yeah, I know where you're going. Go ahead. Are are they kicked out of the first game of the first half? It does carry over, and it carries over. Uh, what if if he's on another team? It carries over. Okay, excellent. Hey, I also wanted to ask, uh, if a player jumps in the transfer portal um, and then uh, decides on which school he'd like to attend, Mm -hmm. how soon can he turn around and say, you know what, this is actually a huge mistake, this isn't for me? Well, I mean, nothing nothing really counts until he enrolls and 
is is attending classes at the other school. I, I don't know. It's not very likely that that's going to happen. In light of the rule change, could an undergraduate switch schools, join a new team and in January, and then decide he doesn't like it and get into the portal in the spring and switch it and join a new team? I would say that would absolutely in the, in the be a summer. possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you could be. How about that? You you could be on three. Recruit you know, a guy, lose him, and then re-recruit him back. Oh no! I mean, but not even not even going back to his old school. He could go to a third oh, team. I was thinking you were talking sure. that he might come back to but, the to but, the first but, team. But but, but he, he could also be able to. but he could also pick a third team, right? Theoretically, so I mean, they could be you know he could be on team A, uh, go through could, fall with one team, spring with another team, and be with yeah. a third team the following fall. Sure, I mean, I, I think that's that's uh, I mean, as as we understand and that, and, as, as, and and without without there being any waivers, he could do that. He probably wouldn't get much playing time, but he could do that. As many times, what, four as, times as he wanted. Four times in his There's no limit. Career? Wouldn't be any limit. Oh, no, but but four times. It, well, I mean, he has four years to four play. Four years to, to be on two yeah, different it's, teams. Yeah, it's three. He could spend – yeah, he could, I guess he could. Yeah, well, he could. well he'd, if he started to fall with a team, that's that's basically two teams. No, he's on, he's on a different team in the fall, the spring, and the summer. Three teams. But then he team. goes back to a different team in the fall. See, that's oh, what I'm point. saying. Okay, yeah, you're right. He's so it's pretty much going to be two teams per okay, year. That so, would get, so you could probably carry over. So you could have you could have eight teams, or you got red shirts a year and ten, ten different teams. Sure. No, I mean that th- those those yeah, possibilities. That, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh yeah, I mean, but they, you know, that, that's that, those are, those are it things wouldn't that wouldn't be impossible under the under the current any, situation that we have. Any word, uh, any any word portal wise uh, from uh, from Auburn? Uh, any any comings or goings? There is a lot of news that we can get to, and I was going to get Jason's thoughts on this. Like I said, this is going to be a big weekend. Auburn with I think around a half a dozen portalers coming in this weekend on official visits, and then they have a who's who coming in unofficially on Sunday to check out the Auburn Southern Cal game. We'll get into that. We'd love to hear from you anything on your mind sports-wise. Again, Jason will be uh, checking in. He is making the drive back from uh, Mississippi, and yeah, he says he just texted me, as a matter of fact, said he's good at 4.30. Here we, so we've got another segment for our callers before we check in with Jason Cole. Here, here we go, a portaling. That's right. To find ourselves a team. Uh, to Hopefully, to, yeah, to, to improve – to improve on something, to hold on, you gotta gotta hang on to what you got. That's another one. Hang on. Who did that one? Uh, well, I mean, it's a four season song, but I mean, there's there's one that's more recent than that. All right, we'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join us here on the Wednesday Drive. My joints aren't what they used to be. On ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. You did know that, I'm sure. I've heard, I've heard that. Before. Like you, I, yeah. I don't I don't know too much about them, but but yeah, I've I've heard. Yeah, they, I think I think they uh, they they got together. Like Nebraska or something? Aren't they like? I well, they, I think they met in Germany when their oh, when their when okay. their uh, dads were all uh, stationed over there. Anyway, that has nothing to do with sports. 
So let's uh, let's continue here on the Wednesday drive. Yes, our our musical interludes in between. But uh, it's Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. We'll check in with Jason Caldwell at the bottom of the hour. Is he at the uh, Is it the All Star game? Yeah, he's been there. He's okay. driving back. All right. Uh, so we'll get his thoughts on. I think Auburn has five participants there: um, Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons. Um, oh golly, who is the uh, Jamonte Waller? Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on the other guys just off the top of my head. No Perry Thompson or Cam Coleman. They opted out of that and will be in uh, All-America games a little later. All right, let's get to the drive hotline, and John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. I uh, just caught the tail end of what you were saying about the uh, the judge issuing a uh, restraining order against the NCAA in, in regards to waivers and Right. It just kind of made me mad. So that's probably a fragmented conversation of just uh, <laughs> makes me ill uh, in which direction the college athletics is is headed. Uh, when is the uh, courts, or I mean, you know, when it gets to that point where they just willy-nilly uh, transferring whenever they take a notion, when is it the, uh, the university going to be, uh, you know, they've got an investment with these players. And they're basically signing a contract when they. Uh, well, they aren't right as of yet. Up, so. They aren't. If if it moves to that step where the universities are then handling the NIL, I think that will be uh, a step that could at least um, cut down on in season or um, give you a better but, idea as to when those could happen. But the notion of a player staying at a school because he's already transferred once and he wouldn't be eligible to leave, I think that's something that's probably about to fall by the mm-hmm. wayside, the way that some other some other rules have gone away limiting w- when a player is eligible. Because I, I think that the not, – not that, not that a 365-day transfer portal isn't a possibility if it's something that, that they fight for, but that's something that feels like it would be a little bit easier to control – through you know the same way they can control dead periods and signing day and recruiting regulations um but but no I, I think that yeah players players not being eligible because they've already utilized an undergraduate transfer it just seems like that you know I, I wondered what kind of appetite there was going to be from the NCAA to fight for that moving forward anyway and now now they've they've you know they've they've lost at least for the moment in a court of law uh, that that would uh, you know it seems like that's something that you know I, I wonder if, I wonder if it's ever coming back. I guess I'm probably a typical of the uh, demographic age demographic that is opposed anyway, but that really, really, really <laughs> gives me heartburn. Uh, what do you think it does for coaches that have done that have recruited well, people yeah, and and feel like okay at least I know I've got this guy for for a year or the, two the they don't news, know that anymore the good news for coaches is that there is a huge market of players to replace that player that just yeah, walked but it's out so fluid now it, it it is but I mean it it seems like I I just you know we've we've talked about it just I think everyone's got to be ready for a, a you know year to year rosters. Right, like yeah, you know, you know with, uh, with with a ton of change. I mean, Auburn Auburn has benefited from it of late in the sense that you you know Hugh Freeze was stepped into a situation where if if you weren't able to replenish a roster with yeah, but what players, what did he what did he say when he came in that this is not what he wants oh, to do long term? He wants to recruit it, young players and develop them. Well, it's going to make that much more difficult for anyone to to have that. If idea, especially if they're not seeing the field, yes. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. it seems like now it's now the you know the 
the carrot of playing time is more important mm-hmm. than ever before yeah. because guys well, are leaving know, and they uh, want more of it. You know, Bo Jackson and Charles Barkley were on the cusp of leaving. Right. Uh, but but the coaches had time to mold and develop their character, and they had some leverage to keep them in school. Now with these players getting paid this kind of money, how is it an impossible task for a coach to mold anybody's character when they got that kind of money? They just, I mean, speaking as a parent, so I mean. Well, some, know, folks, some folks would say – a lot of that money's already been there, and we're just learning more about it through NIL. I don't know that it's been there to the extent that we're I, hearing uh, now. If I, that I, is indeed what is is going I, yeah, on, I, I don't know. I don't know what the the black market looked like before, right? Like the underground, uh, you know, uh, the at pre NIL. Well, look, economics. Of Cam Cam was supposedly worth one hundred and eighty grand. Yeah. These days, quarterbacks are worth five, four or five million. Sure, yeah, that's right. that. that that's, Although, what, what were coaches worth when Saban got to well, Tuscaloosa? I know my money doesn't go as far as it used to, but I don't think inflation's gone up quite that much. Do, do y'all ever see a uh, – and then if this ever happens, I'll be done with the college sports, but do you ever foresee the way things are changing? Do you ever see them uh, divorcing the uh, athletic program for the, from the academic side of school? That wouldn't be the craziest thing I mean, that, that I could then imagine. You, then you just have situations where it's like a professional football team using a school's name, like licensing. Right. Licensing yeah. a school's name mm-hmm. is is sort of the uh, you know I I don't I wouldn't rule anything out. Uh, you know, it seems to me that that feels like it would be it would be pretty far down the line. But you know, never say never as, as far as you know the, the possibility of. of Something like I mean, I think you could see you could see schools bow out of the football game. I think as some of these rules change, you know the you know especially if what's the the proposal to make players employees and stuff like that. Like maybe some schools would decide, you know, I, I don't want you know I don't want a part of you know professional or semi professional college football or something like that. But not I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's quite going to go that far anytime soon. I didn't mean to vent, but that's just kind of struck <laughs> No, no, no kidding, John. This is this is something. This is a big story. There's no question. Now, I, I as I read the details, um, this restraining order, I believe, only pertains to the states that were involved in seeking that order, and those are Colorado, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, and West Virginia, and. Part of the genesis of this is there were a lot of players. Obviously, you saw the turnover that Colorado had this past year, the number of players that were brought in. Well, apparently, a lot of those players are being told that they're not their services aren't needed anymore and they have no option of transferring somewhere and playing. So I can understand where they'd go, hey, I'm being cut by this school that I just transferred to, and I'm, you're telling me I can't play somewhere next year? And I'm sure Deion Sanders and coaches in some of those states would also want to add players yes. who have who have maybe who already maybe transferred, transferred somewhere else. You know, they, they would want to benefit from it as, as well. But that but that would indicate to me that players from you know most of the Southeast, Tennessee and North Carolina, the closest schools to to uh, to hear that uh, that are involved. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all's time. The only thing new about football is I do like the twelve-team uh, uh, playoff. That that sounds exciting, but the rest of the the current uh, things that have gone on, I'm, I'm don't like it. So I appreciate y'all's time. Thank appreciate you. it, John. Um, speaking of players, uh, now this isn't transfer portal, but we did get the news. We were just talking about uh, him yesterday. Marcus Harris is uh, going to make himself available for the NFL draft. He is. 
uh, finished up his college playing days. That leaves a big hole there on the Auburn defensive front. Yeah, I mean, one of the best defensive linemen in the conference this year. You know, at, at times, Auburn's best defensive mm-hmm. player this year. Uh, you know, all the best to Marcus, a guy who you know sure looked like a pro to me. I kind of selfishly wanted to see him play another year sure. of college football. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's, uh, uh, you know, not that. And I guess he and his brother, they're playing together, will be the practice time yeah. before, the, before the bowl game. Hope, hopefully, yeah, hopefully all the best to, uh, to, to, to Marcus. Now, that, and that increases Auburn's need. I mentioned Joey Slackman a little while ago, who was a defensive player of the year at, for, in the Ivy League this past year. And he is a three-technique, 6'4", 300-pounder, who has uh, played the last three years at Penn, I saw some people saying, so that means he has two years of eligibility. No. His three years that he played were 21, 2, and 3. So he would have one year of eligibility left. But, boy, he is, he is being pursued um, very heavily by schools all across the country. But Auburn looks like his last visit before the dead period begins. And we'll talk with, uh, again, Jason Caldwell will be joining us. We'll talk with him about what he saw there at the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star Game practices, get his thoughts on recruiting as we are a week away from the early signing period and the transfer portal and more and some basketball when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls and our regular Wednesday third joining us now on the phone on the way back from Mississippi where the Alabama uh, Hattiesburg's where the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star Game will be played on Saturday. And our good friend Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover uh, went over and, and checked out a little practice, had a nice photo gallery of some of the Auburn uh, commits and target, uh, if you will. JC, how you doing today? I'm good, guys. Just uh, just got back into the town, and so I figured it, by the time I got across town, it, it might not make it so uh I'm yeah, back in, uh, thankfully, not going uh, south on I-85 this afternoon, so we're able to get back home. Oh, that, that's good. Well, uh, um, Auburn with a good representation there. A couple of other guys had opportunities, but have opted out. They're going to play in other All-Star games, uh, that uh, Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman. But Auburn's still with a good contingent there in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. Yeah, and you had Caleb Harris, too, uh, safety from Thompson. Had a little bit of a shoulder issue. and. You know, it's a long season for some of these guys when you start talking about playing, you know, 14 games, um, you know, in 7A. And then, you know, so for Cam Coleman and, and Caleb Harris, you play 14 games for Cam Coleman with an Under Armour game coming up, planning to be in Auburn as an early signee. Uh, there's not much time left to, to, to pack up and enjoy some family time when sure. those things go on. So, yeah, but a good contingent there. Obviously, you talk about, talk about Bryce Kane and, and Malcolm Simmons at wide receiver. Um, kind of starts with those guys and kind of what they do. But Malik Blockton on the defensive line. Uh, Jamonte Waller uh, on the Mississippi team as a uh, working as a linebacker, but it'll be an edge rusher, a jack linebacker for Auburn. And then, you know, Ryan Williams was the, the, the craziest addition. Uh, reclassified on Monday. Got him in the All-Star game on Tuesday, and he was practicing Tuesday night. So um, <laughs> the five-star Alabama commitment, but, but obviously still – 
very much an Auburn target as he as he heads towards plans to sign on February 9th, which is his birthday. Yeah, and that uh, I guarantee you, they're going fan fans of. Uh, of every school uh, involved and, and wishing for Ryan Williams. I mean, Alabama fans probably, uh, even if Ryan signs with them, they'll still be nervous because that's the Friday. That's two days after the spring signing period gets started. So I'm sure there'll be, um, you know, phones phones will be lit up uh, all the way up until, until he signs on that Friday, February 9th. Yeah, January is going to be a busy, busy time because that, I think the visits don't open up until uh, you know, sometime that second week of January. Yeah. I think it's, it's the 10th or 11th, something like that. And you start talking about compressing visits into a short time frame before, before it goes dead again before signing day. So, um, you know, you talk about having five official visits. He said Auburn's going to be his last. Um, and then, you know, obviously Alabama in there, but uh, Texas, USC, um, you know, I think LSU was the other one. Um, so there's, there's a lot of schools to try to get into the mix in a short time frame for Ryan Williams, but I, I, I really think it's going to be Auburn, Alabama. I think that's who it is. I think it's those two schools, and it's going to be a, a as as a couple of people have said, it's going to be a dog fight to the finish. Well, uh, we're a week away from the early signing period, which is when the majority of players are going to go ahead and sign. And uh, Jason, as as I look and and, and follow this, doesn't look like Auburn's going to have any high school or junior college players in for officials this weekend, the last weekend uh, before the dead period and, and signing day next Wednesday. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that uh, right now I don't foresee any high school kids coming in. Um, pretty much all those have taken their official visits. And really for Auburn, it's just a matter of a, guy, a couple of guys that, that, that you try to flip at the end, whether it be L.J. McCray. A couple of those guys are Florida guys. Uh, L.J. McCray. Uh, Morris Williams, Williams, yeah. uh, Morris Williams, who just visited. Um, I think Auburn is in a pretty good position for him, and that's a the top fifty player in the country, defensive lineman from North Carolina. Um, and so I think you look at a couple of guys like that, KJ Bolden, uh, kind of what remains for him, and then you know Ryan Williams in the late period. But you know, Cohen Eccles is a guy that's going to wait a couple of days. I, I, I talked to him uh, through messaging, uh, and he told me uh, his his birthday is a couple of days after signing day, so he's actually going to be the twenty second for him. So I think hello. So there'll be a couple of guys in in each of the uh, the early signing and regular signing period that are going to be a couple of days after to, to figure out what they're going to do. And uh, uh, as far as uh, the news on Amaris Williams, I mean that looks positive because word coming out today that he is not going to visit Georgia. Looks like that Auburn visit will be his last visit before he makes his de- uh, decision if it's a change from his commitment to Florida. Correct. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't foresee him, you know, winding up at Florida. You know, he's he's kind of gone through this a couple of times, and he's he's stuck with Florida each time. It, it sure feels like Auburn is in a pretty good position for him. Ohio State seems to be the other school mm-hmm. there, and um, you know how that'll shake out. Uh, I think one of the things for him is the potential for early playing time, and I think you look at the potential for early playing time for a guy like that with with them wanting to, you know, probably move Kelsey Falk inside if he's a guy that can get up to 292, 95, and, and play that three technique a little bit. Um, I think that's a great spot for him. Then you would be looking for more of a true defensive end on the other side. And this is a kid that's still 17 years old, uh, a guy that was 225 pounds a year ago, transferred schools, got in a weight program, and he has so much upside. I think he's a guy that probably weighs 275 by the time he gets on the field somewhere in, in August and 
you know, he looks like a he looks like one of those guys that looks like a, a, a small forward or a power forward in basketball 25 years ago. Um, when you look at him and go, man, that guy, I, I, I honestly tell you who he reminds me of a little bit, just from body type. He reminds me of Adelius Thomas when I saw him from, from I watched him play in high school. Oh, he was a really good basketball and, uh, player in high school. Really Remember watching basketball. that? Yeah, really good basketball player. Obviously went to Southern Miss and, and played in the NFL for a long time. Body type kind of reminds me of a guy like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I mean, he's a guy that has a lot of upside. Yeah, we were talking about Marcus's decision to go to the NFL draft, and you know that that suddenly makes uh, that, that that puts a lot of pressure on Auburn, not just to develop some of the internal options on the defensive line, uh, but there could be the expectation that some of the incoming freshmen need to contribute, and Auburn is still probably shopping for defensive line help uh, in the portal, right, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what. Marcus Harris did. I think that was going to be the plan anyway. I think they're looking for more help uh, on the interior defensive line, try to get more push and create more of that. I think it absolutely opens the door up for Keldrick Falk now. I think, you know, you look at at Keldrick, and I think that's the first one. But but, uh, Darren Reed, a red-shirted kid from Columbus, uh, I think they really feel good about his development. Had had some injuries early on and hasn't really been able to play. You know, these few bowl practices would be really big for them to see, okay, you know what's he what's he capable of doing, not on the scout team but in the defense. How does he look and, and kind of heading towards the spring? But I don't think there's any question that for them, the goal has, has been to to go out and see if he could find another interior defensive lineman and and uh, and kind of see how that goes. And then you know where it comes out today, uh, our our buddy Brian Dome uh, covers the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so the pin defensive pin defensive tackle is going to visit this weekend and. Um, you know, yeah. you start talking about uh, you know potential guys. I think you, you look at a guy who's been ultra productive. He was the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year, um, and, yeah. and so I think I think that's a you know potential one to watch when you start talking about uh, you know what Auburn's looking for to kind of bridge the gap on that defensive line. That might be one of the guys. Yeah, he's a guy that uh, Joey Slackman is who we're talking yep. about from uh, from Penn who's already visited Wisconsin and Florida. I believe he's going to go to North Carolina and Virginia Tech Friday and Saturday and then be in Auburn on Sunday. And, and Jason, I, I, I was looking for the answer to this, and apparently the answer is, yes, if you're not a graduate transfer, you have to abide by the dead period as well. Now, he may be right. a grad transfer, but he's planning on visiting those five schools before the dead period starts on Monday, then making up his mind. So Auburn gets the last shot on a day where there's going to be a, a pretty rowdy crowd over at Neville Arena. Yeah, no, Sunday, Sunday's going to be a really big day because you'll have guys that are left over from visits that'll be on campus this weekend. Uh, some, some people coming in, I think, late Friday night that'll be kind of staying around until Sunday to taking a basketball an early basketball game. You're going to have a, several unofficial visitors coming mm-hmm. in, some of the high school kids, including – you know, including Ryan Williams, uh, AJ Lacey, his quarterback at Sarahland. Those guys are expected to come. At Ryan's going to come up from the All Star game. Will be here. Um, you know, Cam Coleman's a guy that's expected to back in. I think Perry Thompson's a guy that's going to come up as well. So, in addition to some some portal visitors coming in, uh, offensive tackle Diego Carmona, the kid from San Jose State, who's a a really important guy. For yeah, I right think now, so. Um, yeah. Talking about Fernando. In addition to the, yeah, 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 Fernando. Yes. Uh, in addition to those guys. Um, you start talking about the unofficial guys coming in Sunday, and a pretty big group uh, in, in for what should be a pretty wild crowd. Interesting to see that uh, looks like Xavier Thomas is is uh, coming in this weekend as well. 
Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I think there's going to be a, a tight end uh, transfer potential guy coming in as well. And so um, there, there's some spots and positions where they would like to shore up a little bit. And I think this is, this is kind of in between what they would like to do. I think ultimately they would, they would like to be able to go three or four guys and go, hey, where do we need a help right away, three or four guys, build it from the high school ranks, but then use the portal to, to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Still not quite there yet. So they're having to go a little bit deeper in the portal, not 20 deep like they did last year, but I think uh, looking for some help at certain spots, and that's obviously one of them. All right, Jason, uh, p- pivoting a little bit from recruiting, um, is there a young player or two? There's also the schedule reveal tonight, which we that's right. That is exactly right. We we know but, who we'll find out when. Yeah. So, so but but the uh, how, how about we this? know who and where Auburn we find out Auburn uh, Auburn Maryland on the thirtieth. One thing I always want to see in a bowl game is a player who you figure is on next year's team. Now that's dangerous talk, uh, you know, with with uh, with, with the with the news today. Yeah, that's, that's dangerous talk. But a guy you assume is going to be on next year's team, taking a step forward, either reports in bowl practice or actually seeing it in the bowl game. Is there someone who you didn't see a ton of this season that you think could could really uh, impress and move the needle in the practices leading up to uh, the Music City Bowl and in the Music City Bowl itself? Yeah, I think there's certain positions. I, I think you got to start the secondary. Yeah. My expectations are that you're probably without D.J. James at a minimum, probably without D.J. James and Nehemiah Pritchett as well. I, I would think you're going to have a much different look in the secondary right now. Um, so that's where it starts for me. Obviously, we've seen a lot of Kay and Lee, probably see a lot more of him in a bowl game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Keontae Scott slide outside a little bit and play more corner in a bowl game to see what it looks like, to see, hey, is that a potential move that you could make? Uh, J.D. Rim, a guy that could play some of that nickel back, back healthy and, and think would be ready to go for a bowl game. Champ so Anthony, I think, I think is going to yeah. – yeah. Champ Anthony, Tyler Scott, true freshman, Golden Hood, true freshman. Um, maybe a guy like Sylvester Smith, maybe in the nickel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Those are some guys I think to look at. I mentioned Darren Reed. I don't think he'll play in a bowl game, but I think they'd like to see a lot of him in the bowl practices. But I think you start looking at, at okay, where else down the line? I think secondary is where it starts. Um, and then, you know, where do you, where do you have other positions that you might be able to slide a guy in? That's a tough spot right now because defensive line-wise, you've you played the guys you felt like um, were ready to go. Um and so I, I don't know there where you'd have a guy. But I, I think, think the I keep thinking with the, the with biggest the, part for me with, with the defensive line, Jason. I keep wondering if Jamison Travis could be someone. You know, it was a late Correct. arrival, and uh, you know yep. th- there was conditioning concerns. I guess early on, but he's had the season, and it's sort of like he he would fit the bill to me as a guy who could you know Not if, if, if Marcus if, Harris. Yeah, yeah. If he breaks mm-hmm. if he breaks through a little bit in bowl practice, and we see him. On the field in the bowl game, that would that would make sense based on how th- things would play out, and yeah, it would be huge. This, is a, this guy was a top five D lineman coming out of junior college uh, that, that joined the team pretty late. You you were you were pretty high on him when uh, when Auburn landed him. Yeah, to me, this you know I remember back, and, and I'm not saying this is going to be the case because Nick Fairley played a whole lot more than 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 Bobby Travis did this year. But Nick Fairley's breakout. When you said, "Okay, that's the guy I thought I was going to see," was the bowl game against Northwestern in Tampa. That was the first sign you saw of, of that guy going, "Okay, that's the dominant player I thought we were going to see." The bowl practices, getting on the field, getting 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 more work, 
had a lot to do with that. If, if they could get a little bit of that from Bobby Travis in the next couple of weeks, get him on the field more, and all of a sudden you start going, okay, you put him and Keldry Falk together, and then and then you start to work some things with, you know, getting a guy like um, Jalen McLeod back and then adding some of these newcomers at, a, at, at an edge position. You start to feel, you know, pretty good about that defensive front, and you mix in some talented newcomers and guys you say, okay, you're going to have to, you're going to have to give us some help. Um, you know, Malik Block is coming in early. Um, you know, if you, you were to get in, you know, a couple of these, you know, the defensive linemen, those guys that potentially could come in early. We know TJ Lindsay probably is taking some bowl practice, get a couple of those guys ready to go. And all of a sudden you feel like, you know, you don't have experience, but you, from a talent standpoint, you felt like you've helped yourself a little bit going into next year. Uh, I hope that, uh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't follow that, that Northwestern game where, where no, you, you get plenty of opportunities like, because the game just keeps going on and same, on and on. Same kind of same kind of team. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to see a, yeah. a Mike Kafka, no, a Mike Kafka S day oh, where man. they throw it seventy five, eighty times. But uh, they'll see some they'll see some ball they'll see some uh, some passes attempted in for sure in national. Oh, you're not kidding. I mean, yeah. Wimp asked me this morning. I mean, my thoughts on that ball game, and I said, let me know who all's playing, and I'll, I'll give you a little. Uh, you know, I have a little better insight, but. Uh, Talia is going to sling it against uh, whoever's back there in that secondary. They're going to they're going to get quite the test. Uh, wanted wanted to get your thoughts quickly uh, on basketball. Auburn up in Huntsville tonight. UNC Asheville coming off as good a game as we've seen Auburn play in years. I thought this past Saturday in Atlanta. Yeah, can you carry it over? Can you build on that? That's the thing. Was it a one off, or was it more of what we expect from this team to do it and for you know, for Janai Broom to basically be a, a non-factor offensively for this team was the thing that probably stands out as much as anything. I would expect him to be obviously more of a factor, but ball movement. It, we talked about it. It's the key, you know, inside-out passing. We saw, you know, Jalen Williams score, but he also had some really good passes, and they, it was an inside-out game. That's what this team has to be able to do because they've got some guys that when you leave them open, they're going to knock down shots, but it's really hard for anybody. I mean, elite guys, guys are create their own shot and knock down threes. There's not a lot of those guys in the country that you go, yeah, that guy's still a, a 48% shooter from three when he's creating his own shot. Normally, those things are catch and shoot. And Auburn, they get in more catch and shoot situations. They got some guys that can knock down some shots, and I think the ball movement is the key for them. Jason, really appreciate you spending a little time with us. I know it's been uh, hectic for you, and you guys have got so much going on. Let everybody know. Um, you know, what kinds of things they can be looking forward to and how they can keep up with it all. Yeah, obviously a uh, reaction tonight from, from schedule release. And, um, you know, that, that'll be one. We know, like I said, you know who we played. It's kind of figuring out the order. I think it's going to be, um, you know, a lot of home games early for this team. And I think that's something to watch for tonight. So we'll see how it shakes out. But um, God obviously got that going on. Recruiting, portal, um, everything heading into, you know, this next seven days is going to be crazy. So, Check all that out. Uh, busy weekend coming up as well. So, uh, oh yeah, bowl practice starts Saturday. As right. Well, so we'll have, uh, <laughs> see who all is out there. We'll figure out the roster. Yeah, it feels like one of those things. Is there any more that we can add to it? I don't know that we could right now, but uh, we'll, we'll figure out. I'm sure there'll be something else to add as well. But you can check it out at AuburnUndercover.com and follow me on Twitter at itatj. All right, Jason. Thanks a lot, man. It's great talking to you. Thanks, guys. Jason Caldwell joining us. Yeah, when he's in town. He just got back in town, but uh, appreciate him uh, spending some time with us. 
the yeah he he's been over in Hattiesburg, um, you know get, catching uh, and I see he's already put up I think a couple of stories from that for the Alabama Mississippi All Star Game and some of its participants. We'll get to our final break here of hour number one. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. The Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air Family would like to extend one one three nine zero toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two or email us at the drive at espnau.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final couple of minutes of hour number one, and it yes, is, the, it is dark outside, Bill. I thought the show was about to end. Uh, no, I, I th- but I think it, the the sundown is getting a little. A little uh, later every day, but the days are still getting shorter. Okay. Uh, I heard that last night. Um, Yeah, we have the reveal coming up tonight for the the entire SEC schedule. And a couple of things we do know is that that are beneficial for Auburn is that Alabama goes to Oklahoma the week before Auburn goes to Tuscaloosa. And Georgia goes to Tuscaloosa the week before Auburn goes to Athens. So, what does that mean? Auburn probably will and almost probably should be playing, hosting Oklahoma the week before they go to Athens and hosting Texas A&M the week before they go to Tuscaloosa. We'll see if those predictions come out tonight. I can see Auburn opening league play with Oklahoma and Georgia and closing league play. I don't think Auburn's not going to open league play with Oklahoma because Auburn has, I believe it's been announced that Auburn – has a November 16th non-conference date. So they'll have a conference game before the first week in October. We'll talk about that in more in hour number two. Love for you to join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Chandler here from University Ace. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls, and hour number two of The Drive brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Our thanks to uh, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover joined us just getting back in town from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, where the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star Game will be played on Saturday. Getting back in, and, you know, it is a busy, busy time. We're one week away from the major signing period for football, where most of the top high school and junior college athletes will be signing next week. And that signing period is only three days. It's Wednesday through Friday. And uh, he was saying that that one player that Auburn really interested in, Cohen Eccles, the former Texas A&M offensive lineman, is waiting until his birthday, which happens to be December 22nd, before he signs, things look pretty good for Auburn there. And then they're hoping to hang on to the other players that are committed to them. Auburn with 20 commitments right now, looking to add a few more. And I believe most of these guys would all be flips. 
Uh, Amaris Williams, who was just in from Florida. You, know, you don't you don't hear about Auburn after guys that have not committed. Well, somewhere. there aren't many top right, players because, who yes, haven't committed somewhere. Because yeah, I mean, if you look at the rivals' top one hundred right now, or or any pick your recruiting service, seems like most of the yeah. top players on the board have picked at least a verbal commitment that hasn't stopped them from visiting other hasn't schools stopped them yeah i mean you have players that have shut down their recruitment entirely you also have other players that uh, mm-hmm. that, that haven't yeah and there have been all kinds of, of rumblings and rumors about this and that i mean obviously auburn auburn fans really excited about the possibility of being in there with ryan williams i think it it surely wasn't bad news yeah. How about this? that, that this? Ryan Williams opted to play in the Alabama-Mississippi High School All-Star Game and not visit Tuscaloosa officially this weekend. This would be Ryan Williams flipping to Auburn. That would be Perry Thompson. Thompson flipping from Auburn to Alabama. Yeah, this and that. now, it's funny, I've heard people say, 100%, no question, it can't happen. Never say never. I would I would never are people, say are those people vet- those people haven't let, fought, let me, let me they have not followed recruiting they, for a long are they, time are they veterans of, no. of recruiting battles not veteran no. enough some of them some of them have been around for a little while some of them should know better but well but you, they're always I mean you don't know there was not social media and the internet and talk shows back when I was yeah. in I was in the uh, walking in the halls of the athletic department. When some news came about a couple of players that Auburn knew they had, knew Coach Die knew he had a couple of Birmingham guys that you might have heard of Cornelius Bennett and Kurt Jarvis, that all of a sudden signed with Alabama, and uh, I mean, uh, Auburn still had a really good recruiting, recruiting class. Look, but re- recruiting used to be fought in trenches, right? Like trench, well, war, players the trench would, warfare. Players would disappear. They couldn't be found. They couldn't be reached. And it turned out, oh, they were uh, vacationing at some some place that nobody else knew about for a few days, and all of a sudden there's they had signed with somebody else. There's a bear chalet. Uh, I'm telling you, there's some some of the crazy things. But yes, never say never. I will say I believe Perry Thompson signs with Auburn, but I'm not going to say 100 percent. Because I was also told today that he's uh, getting an, an uh, he is not, by the way, in the Alabama Mississippi High School All Star Game, uh, and and that Nick Saban uh, will be stopping by his house if they will. Now I don't that doesn't mean they'll let him in or spend a lot of time there, but he will be visiting with Perry Thompson well, before the weekend, and I'm sure Auburn will be Auburn will be monitoring that very closely and seeing if they can't get a, you know. One last word. Yeah, he'll, in. he'll huff and puff if you, uh, if, yeah. if you if you don't let him in. He'll have. The, I mean, it's, have it's, the, it's the, crazy. He'll go John Cusack hey, with the boombox if, if you don't yeah. let him in. There is more excitement about uh, from from Auburn folks toward the signing day next Wednesday than there has been, and rightfully so, in a long, long time. But we'll talk about we'll talk about that. We'll talk about players. I mean, Auburn's got uh, about a half dozen transfer portal uh, official visitors this weekend bill as someone as someone how about this you know and again speaking with the understanding that a lot can change before signing day sure um, if things sort of if things go the way they seem like they're going now where would you rank hugh freeze's first year or so as a recruiter as compared to what just how about ever Aub- how about or Aub- first how about, year how about or- auburn, auburn coaches in their first years that you've been able to observe right you saw Harsons, you saw. I mean, I could give Coach you the list. Dies. Yeah, Coach. I mean, it's still going to be tough, tough to uh, 
to top his first. That's I mean, full but that's, class. I mean, people would say best the best one since Coach Ty's first full class would I, still be. That's probably probably right. I mean, Tubbs had some really good ones early on, uh, but man, it's been since then. It really has. I mean, we talked about Hugh Freeze making Auburn. A Gus Gus had a, Gus had a couple of really good ones. I mean, some Gus had the benefit and, of winning and, and, as much and, as he and did. Gene right? uh, had some really good recruiters. Gus won a lot in that first year, which which helped. Yes. I mean, Gus was also yes. a good recruiter and had good recruiters. And yeah, you're right. Gene Chiswick assembled a staff. Oh, that was a that was I mean, an outstanding recruiting. If you if you were if you missed out on if you missed out on the Trooper Taylor era, right? Like there, you know, he was he was he was a fun guy to talk to about stuff, and he brought in some. Oh yeah, brought in some pretty good players. Curtis was a pretty darn good. Is he player. a did Trooper uh, Troop, Trooper got a job somewhere, didn't he? Isn't there... Trooper is going with um, is he going uh, Trooper's with going to A and M. He's he's with Mike Elko at A well, and M now. I suspect he will probably land some pretty good players. Uh, you know that as, as the recruiter at Texas A and M, and, and he's yeah, and it's not like he's not familiar with the area. No, I think by any means, yeah, I, I think he's oh, gonna, right. I think he's gonna do fine. Yeah, um, but no, th- this this has this has the potential. I mean, if Auburn if Auburn flips Amaris Williams and hangs on to the players they have right now, they're pushing a top five class. Without anything else, uh, so that that tells you yes how how quickly things have changed. Now again, Auburn looking to add some more players to the transfer portal. Um, Jason mentioned Fernando Carmona, who's who is visiting this weekend. All right, there was some other news from the transfer portal. A guy we just talked about yesterday, uh, Vinny Vinny Scurry. Yeah, Vinny Scurry, Texas Tech. Yeah. He committed to Texas Tech today. He was Auburn's top target from all accounts. Auburn's top target among interior offensive linemen. Fernando Carmona and um, Mac Pounders appear to be the, the, the top two offensive line targets from the portal. Uh, we mentioned was, was Auburn was Auburn in on uh, is it uh, Jerquan uh, Scott? Yeah, well or, they or, were, but Jer- I, I don't think I don't think they ever really pushed him. He committed to Ole Miss. He committed to Ole Miss. He he'd started uh, forty Southern 40, at Southern Miss forty something games at guard at Southern Miss. He's originally from Mobile. He's going to Ole Miss. That's a nice I, he he profiled as a nice pickup for whoever got him. Yeah, because he, he seems like a step in and start somewhere on the offensive line kind of transfer. I think Ole Miss probably needed interior help more than yeah, Ole Miss got a lot of players coming back. They have, they have uh, apparently decided to spend their NIL money on trying to retain as many of their players as possible, and things are looking pretty good for that team. They've got a chance to be an eleven win team with a lot of players coming back next year and a schedule that doesn't include Alabama or Auburn next year. Yeah, I mean, it could could be a. Uh... Could, could be a, a favorable draw. We'll know more about could the schedule. Could be very favorable. We'll, we'll know That's more right. about the draw. We'll find the... that out tonight because, yes, the reveal of the entire SEC schedule will be released tonight. Now, um, of, you know, one of the players for Ole Miss who announced that he was coming back for a 24 and, and there was much fanfare about it was J.J. Piggies. That's who, right. Who, who played very well down the mm-hmm. stretch for Ole Miss, was draft eligible. People thought former Auburn transfer uh, could uh, could cut his college career short. He's going to come back. I, I, would, I would expect to see – Pegues on some some preseason lists over the next year or so because he sure. played he played really well on the defensive line mm-hmm. uh, down the stretch. Uh, let's see some other news of the day. Marcus Harris announcing that he is moving on. He is uh, uh, wrapped up. He will be wrapping up his um, college career in the bowl game if he decides to play in it, and that and so Auburn really looking for some more help along the defensive front. They're bringing in. The Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year and Joey Slackman this weekend. 
He's a 6'4", 300-pounder who has already visited Florida and Wisconsin, going to visit North Carolina and Virginia Tech Friday and is Saturday it, and be in Col- Auburn on Sunday. Columbia? Or is, it, is, it, was, was, is that Penn. the other? Oh, Penn. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's from Penn. And then I believe that Hugh Freeze was in Detroit last night visiting with uh, Derek Harmon, the former Michigan State defensive lineman. So Auburn would love to get both of those guys uh, added as well. I mean, it is a busy, busy time. Uh, sure, we mentioned the reveal tonight. Also, obviously tonight, Auburn, UNC Asheville basketball from Huntsville, from sold-out Rocket Center there in Huntsville. And Auburn looking to see if they can continue the excellent play that we saw this past Saturday. Now, even Bruce said after that game, you know, you can't expect them to play at that level, but you hope you don't see a big step back with the USC game coming up on Sunday and such a good performance uh, this past Saturday in Atlanta against Indiana. Oh, no, I, I think that that's the – sandwiching a game like this between Indiana and USC is a dangerous thing for a coach because you might not get uh, your, your team's most focused and, and best performance, but – you know this this game. I, I think moving it away from Neville Arena will help with the uh, with with the atmosphere because it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's going to be a, something different than a home game against an overmatched uh, mid major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Auburn about team. nineteen twenty point favorites Auburn, for tonight. Still, still a twenty point favorite, even though the game isn't uh, at Neville Arena, which you know suggests it would probably be closer to twenty five if if the game were at at Neville Arena. But but this is a uh, yeah, it's an opportunity for Auburn to work on. You know, whatever they feel like, you know, the, their their biggest concerns are coming off of their, their best performance of the season as they as they took care of business against Indiana. Well, you hope they can continue the um, the lack of turnovers. I mean, you're not going to have another two turnover game going into the final second of the game. But Auburn has not, Auburn has not been terribly sloppy with the ball this I'm, year. That's, I'm still, that's good. I'm still amazed that in a game against the tallest team Auburn is going to see all season, and in a game where Auburn hit 14 threes, they had more points in the paint than Indiana did. Mm-hmm. Like that, that to me, yep. is, is, is... And, and Janai Broom had two. And Janai Broom only had two of those. <laughs> I mean, it was really... It was, uh, it was, it was, and, and a lot of that... I mean, Jalen Williams played a great game. Yes, but, he did. But it's... I mean, it was Auburn's building all around to protect the basket on the defensive side and, and attack it uh, when they had the ball. And then uh, something we talked a good bit about in hour number one, I believe a this is, this is a, a big, big story. I, th- I think it's been overlooked by some folks today, but a, a judge in Ohio today uh, granting a temporary restraining order against the NCAA's ability or the NCAA waivers um, on transfers. So, in other words, this would allow players to transfer more than once without having to ask a waiver and be able to um, be immediately eligible when they transfer more than one time. So that that is that, folks. I think is a is a huge story. You know the um, not to not to pivot away from that, but we were just talking about the Penn uh, defensive lineman Slack, yeah. Joey Slackman. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, do you know much about his story? He was a uh, well, thing is he was a very good high school football player, but he was an outstanding wrestler. I think he went yeah. to Penn to wrestle. That's correct. He, he was he, he did not play football 
uh, his first year in college, he decided oh, he missed football, went back out, and has become the Ivy League Defensive and, Player of the Year. And probably would have wrestled throughout his college career, but his first year of, of college wrestling was canceled because, because of – because of COVID-19, right. and while he was at home, because uh, Penn was one of the schools that moved everything remotely back in uh, back in 2020, uh, he uh, I guess he reached out to the football coaches, and uh, they, uh, they they told him if he wanted to come to practice, he'd be welcome. And since then, uh, and, and the other the other thing is, and the, the the student newspaper at Penn had had a story about this. So when he was when the portal opened. He was having surgery on his bicep, so he was he was. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I saw a picture of him yeah. a couple of days ago. He, you know, he probably won't be able to go through spring practice, right? He was, even though he will be in school. So, so, so the name, the, the I guess the night his uh, his name was put into the portal by by somebody or you know by I guess when when Penn officially entered him into the transfer yeah, portal after after the paperwork was filed. Yeah, he was he was recovering from the the surgery, and he wakes up. To news that he had uh, ten offers. Yeah, apparently he got from, seventeen like in the first day, and twenty five uh, by by the time uh, December fourth uh, had had rolled around. Michigan, Oregon, Washington, uh, Arizona, USC, Missouri, and Louisville among the places that have kicked. And you the know what's crazy? On Joey Slack, none of those schools are places he visited, yeah. because he has visited Florida and Wisconsin. And he's going to go to North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Auburn, and those are going to be the five visits that he makes. And uh, he will he will be one of the throng of folks that are in Neville Arena on Sunday to watch Auburn and USC. And here's here's my uh, I'll, I'll throw in a plug for the uh, for the boys who are still looking frantically for a ticket. Still looking for USC tickets? <laughs> yeah, that's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, it, this is this. I is do a hot, think if you get ticket. over there, if you get over there early. There's a chance because uh, there should be some general admission tickets available for the seats that aren't able to be filled by students. Oh, interesting! You think they might they might open yeah. some tickets up yeah. at the at the box office on Sunday? Yes, but you probably need Sunday. to be there early. What's er, what's early on a Sunday tip? Uh, uh, on a, I'd on a say Sunday afternoon tip. nine or ten at okay. the latest. Okay, because yeah. because games games at noon games a noon at noon noon tip. ESPN mm-hmm. is going to have. Uh, USC and Auburn, uh, you know, we, we've been saying it's one of the bigger. Even with USC coming in five, five and, and four, five and four at the moment. Uh, I guess that no, they have, they've they played their last game. Five, yeah, five and four is what they'll be. I, th- I mm-hmm. thought for some reason I thought they may maybe had a game tonight, but they don't. Uh, but but USC five and four. Uh, they've lost. Is it two straight or three straight? The I think they maybe three out of four. It's two. It's yeah, they're three out of four. Uh, but but they've they've lost two straight uh, in, in this month to Gonzaga and Long Beach State. Uh, but I still think it's a it's a really talented team. Should be a fun game, and I would not be surprised at all if USC writes the ship during conference play and and plays their way back into the NCAA tournament. Hey, here's one prediction for you for that game on Sunday. I don't think I've seen people posting this. I don't think LeBron's going to be the celebrity in. Okay, that's that's I think that's a pretty sure thing. No, I you know. I, <laughs> As a, not with Bronny on yeah, the other team. As a parent, as a parent for a player on the other team who didn't go to Auburn, don't think done that's that likely. very. No, I, no, I, don't. I don't think that's ever happened. No.
All right, let's get to our first break. We'd love for well, you, you to join in. You get, you get the parent of like an Auburn player. Yeah. To, to be the celebrity. Uh, I think somebody said, uh, don't be shocked if uh, it might be somebody football related. Okay. What, like, what, can you make a recruit? The, uh, About the head coach. Maybe. The head coach, maybe. Okay. You know, I don't know. All right, let's, uh, let's get your, to our first break. You can call us on the drive hotline, 334-321-1390. And, of course, that's uh, presented by Skybar. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box. That's presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. We're right back. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Attention large property owners. Back on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday. Gotta say evening. It is, it's dark. Um... Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise? And again, I mean, we can talk uh, some um, recruiting. We can talk transfer portal. We can talk the fact that transfers now don't look like they'll have to get waivers to transfer a second time before graduation. Talk some basketball. Anything on your mind. And let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. And Bill, uh, that's hey, Bill. Hey, guys, I, listen, I was wondering, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, I think somebody may have alluded to it earlier in the show, but when do you think, I mean, let's just be, be uh, practical about this. You've got um, college guys getting a lot of money to uh, come to play, pay for play, whatever you want to call it. That's pretty much what it is. But let's just say, when, when do we get to the point where the Guys, I mean, that much money at that age, just say, well, I'm not, I'm not getting up at six o'clock in the morning to go to weightlifting or mat drills. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to class. I mean, I'm here to play football. Do you think? Do you think that's that's uh, that's uh, very far down the road? Well, I mean, I I would wonder. I mean, if a lot of the, but I think a lot of the a lot of the value of a student athlete on the NIL market has to do with them retaining their eligibility in the classroom and getting on the field and playing. So a player who decides either of the two things you just said would not be acting in the best interest of their own of their own NIL value. Now if they want to just take the money they've already earned and call it a career, like there's nothing, there's nothing stopping anybody from doing that. No, but that, I think except what, that they would have the opportunity, seemingly, to earn more but what, while they have eligibility. But what I think Bill's talking about is, what if it is your superstar player that just goes, "Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so." And what are you going to do? Are you, are you then? I mean, you're in a really, you're really in a bind as the head coach if the only thing that the public sees is you're not playing the guy that could win the ball game. I mean, it's it is a very it's a very tough situation to foresee there, Bill. I understand. Yeah, it's just a, it's one of the things that you know. I, I understand times change; nothing stays the same. This is nineteen eighty anymore, but uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's becoming more of a 
more of a modern, modern league football. Coach, you know what? Coaches, coaches in the we were just talking about Pat Dye's first recruiting class. Coach, coaches in the early '80s had a lot more leverage in these situations as far as how to handle a player who was unhappy with the situation. And, and in part because those those players, I mean, as recently as a couple of years ago. If you wanted to leave, you would have had to spend a full year sitting out. You would have had to sacrifice a year of your eligibility to uh, to, to to go play anywhere else unless you wanted to drop down to the, the junior college level or something like that. Coaches don't have that that leverage anymore and uh, you know and, and players are uh, you know pl- players are, are taking advantage of the freedom. And that, that, that's, that's a great point, Dan. Um, almost like the uh, the inmates running asylum, but I guess what I'm uh, thinking about is, you know, I don't know. It's just uh, I can see a guy getting – there's nothing wrong with a transfer portal, but I think he should be limited to one transfer. And if, you know, the coach is fired that you signed up for, then sure, exception you may. But one transfer, you, may, you, you go to a place, you want what you thought, you transfer out. But if there's a second transfer, you need to sit out a year because you've got to put some kind of leverage back in the coach's field in the way. You, the way you would think you would think so, Bill. But I, I I brought up a situation that may have spurred this lawsuit. Uh, the lawsuit was only for I think it was seven states that were involved um, seeking the temporary restraining order against the NCAA, and the first mentioned was Colorado. And there are some players at Colorado whose scholarships have not been renewed by Deion Sanders, who just transferred in this past year. What do you do in their case? Uh, They're seeking to be able to transfer somewhere else and play because they've been told by Deion Sanders, you're not going to play anymore for me. And and I I think the NCAA wants to get out of the case by case basis. Yes. Too. Like, I mean, or, or maybe that's maybe that's what this lawsuit will sort of, you know, the, 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 the ruling by the judge will force the NCAA out of the case-by-case basis for this sort of thing. And if that means everyone is eligible to leave after every season, which seems to be the way we're going, um, th- then that, you know, that that will at least be a system that's that's uniform and applied everywhere as opposed to you know players having to wait to hear if their extenuating circumstances are good enough for the NCAA. Okay, guys. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the time and enjoy the show. Appreciate the call, Bill. I mean, it's... Uh, just, and it's funny, I mean, the NCAA probably would like to get out of the case-by-case situation, but they still want to be able to say, hold on, it's not just free agency for everybody all the time. We were just talking about, and, and Cliff Ellis sort of brought this conversation around, where, I mean, imagine being like a mid-major college basketball coach these days because you bring in a player. Oh, yeah. I mean, your players, at the end of every season – the players you, that you you basically have to feel like you're a minor league coach. Yeah, I mean, at the end of every season, the players that didn't get playing time and, un, and are unhappy about it are going to leave. The players that played well are going to leave and go try to join either the S, you know, the the a power conference or or the professional ranks. Uh, and and you have to try to sustain something. You're, I mean, we hear all those buzzwords, right? Oh, you got to build a culture, and you got to, uh, you know, like how, how do you? How do you expect a coach to do that when it's when when every December it's or every I guess for basketball every May it's go go field a brand new roster like go assemble you know go prepare to lose practically everyone that you gave minutes to this past year and 
uh, try to try to replace it in a in, a, in an extended in a, in, a, in a very brief period of time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's. You can see why guys like Cliff Ellis retire. Well, in, and, and you in, see in a, why like you that. see why there's the frustration that we heard from Hugh Freeze when he was talking about everything that's going on, and and having it all happening at the same time. Now, it it is interesting as we as as I mentioned, discovering earlier today that this dead period does apply to everyone with the exception of graduate transfers. So it at least gives you some time to not have to be hosting players and visiting them because it can be no in-person contact. It could be all kinds. There's no limit to the digital contact. So you can phone them, you can FaceTime them, you can Skype, you can whatever with uh, with recruits, but you can't have in-person contact you can send with them. them. Send the birds, right? You can do the – I, I guess. The homing pigeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess you, you want to do that. Message in a bottle. I mean, look, we're still t- – we're still at, the NCAA still wants you to fax your 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 letter in, so who knows? But uh, but yeah, it, it is crazy. All right, I believe we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love to get your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports as we head into the final half hour. John, you'll be up when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's get right back to the drive hotline. And John is up next. Hey, John, thanks hey, for hanging John. on. Hey, John. Hey, guys, thanks. Had a question. Had a question. Two questions. For you guys, if I may, uh, the first question, the first question I had is um, talk, when thinking about recruiting here. I know uh, thinking about maybe a Perry Thompson flip or something like that. Um, my question is, you know, kind of, and you guys know Auburn football history better than I do. So, kind of going back in history, like, what are the flips that have maybe been most detrimental to Auburn? Um, success i was i was a big believer that if, if george pickens doesn't flip at the midnight hour to georgia that uh, actually malzahn might have been able to, to keep his job for another couple years and then something else given the status of auburn offensive weapons in this in this class we have coming in when's the last time we actually got a blue chip recruit to come in on that side of the ball and was successful and finished in an auburn uniform you know, I was thinking like Carryon Johnson, Brayton Smith, maybe even Cadillac. I mean, it seems like on that side of the ball, Auburn has not really been that effective throughout the years. Just wanted y'all's thoughts on that. Thank you. Yeah, let's see. I think I, I remember Bo, we're not counting. Bo wouldn't count in the Bo Jack. Uh, Bo, Bo, Bo wasn't a flip. No, Bo, oh, oh no. no. Bo Nix for his final one about a blue chip prospect. Who, who yeah, sort of I mean, out. everybody knew where Bo was going. Right, and and he, and he still finished his career somewhere else, which I guess right. would be a point. You're too, right. But. Yeah. Um, when I'm thinking about flips that, uh, that, that hurt, ask Jason about TJ Yeldon, who told him at the uh, Alabama Mississippi all-star game that he was still, he was still all Auburn. So a name that comes to mind when I hear about late flips, um, and he didn't have a dominant college football career. So, but I remember people were just so, people were so excited about Jarman Fortson. The, Who the, was the linebacker? Oh man, Jar- Jar- Jarman Fortson was the was the Carver, right? Was yeah, it Carver, Carver, Carver Columbus, Carver Columbus played received. for Del McGee. Yeah, played for Del McGee at Carver. Was an Auburn commit for most of his recruitment. Flipped to Florida State very late. 
very late. I want to say maybe the weekend. Mm-hmm. Weekend. Florida State Sunday. used to be. I mean, Florida State oh, was you didn't want to see renowned Tal- for flips on signing day. You did not want your commitments going to Tallahassee in the weeks leading up to no. signing day. It tended to make you nervous. You know, another one that comes to mind. It was a uh, uh, Robert Quinn. Uh, who was, I don't know if he was actually an Auburn oh, commit. That's right. Robert Quinn was a heavy Auburn lean yeah. on that on that 2000, this would have been the 2008 signing day where, where Auburn, this, this is the excellent signing day for Tuscaloosa and Nick Saban. Uh, and, and Auburn, I mean, it's Tommy Tuberville's, Tommy Tuberville's last signing day you as, look, as Auburn head coach. And it's funny, I was looking back, I couldn't find a list of the 1982 Auburn signing class, which was a phenomenal class had multiple NFL players in it, and that came after Coach Dye's first year. Then you look at the signing class that Auburn had after Tubbs' first year uh, in, in, in 2000 with Carlos Dansby, Jason Campbell, Ronnie Brown, Jay Ratliff, um, let me go on, Junior Rosegreen, Carlos Rogers, uh, Spencer Johnson, Robert Johnson, DeAndre Green. Yeah, I mean, there were – Rudy Johnson, yeah, there was there was some serious talent in that uh, Brett Eddins on the on the in, in that class. But I mean, after a coach's first full year, if you don't have a really good class, it's difficult. Now, I don't expect, I didn't expect this to with the situation that Auburn was in this year. I don't know that I was expecting something that could push top five, but I thought Auburn could be a top ten. And Auburn right now is uh, uh, sitting at number 10 with a chance to add some more guys and move up. And that's so that's what we're talking about. It's that kind of class that can really set the stage, the foundation for the next few years. Especially if you can retain and develop, you know, a lot of a lot of these, you know, premier guys that you're you're bringing in now. The and and then uh, let, let's look at uh, at, uh, uh, I guess. Gene Chizik's second year was the 2010 class, which included Cam. Um, so that's, yeah, you, you're, you're talking about impact players, and Auburn has some right now. They feel like that uh, they're going to be able to sign in less than a week with signing day coming up next Wednesday. So, yeah, that, that'll, it's going to be fun. Uh, it hasn't been as much fun to follow. And, look, it's not all going to be fun. You may, may not get everybody you want. But I think this stands a chance of being a, uh, a, a, a signing class that, you know, you'll be talking about for, for a long, long time. And, I, yeah, Auburn's not done. Um, I think they right now should be the team, considered a team to beat for Myris Williams, the defensive lineman from North Carolina who's, who's been committed to Florida for a long time. There had been talk that, well, he might visit Georgia this weekend and look out for that. Looks like he is not going to make that visit. His last visit will be the one to Auburn where he came out telling everyone what a great time he had, and and he is uh, really has a lot to think about. Uh, Florida right now is just sweating bullets, hoping they can hold on to some of their guys, L.J. McRae and Morris Williams. I mean, those are two those are two top top and defensive linemen that um, Florida is is hoping they can still hang Bill, on. to. Billy Napier is in a spot that's reminiscent of where Brian Harson found himself after the after his first season at Auburn. Now, Brian Harson never had these kind of guys committed to him he, in the he first ne- place. He never but. did, but but the, but the trying to recruit in an atmosphere where the buzz is so overwhelmingly bad, where the buzz seems to be that you're. I mean, I mean, people recruiting. 
I mean, do you feel like stability is being used against Florida? Absolutely. The, I mean, I mean, players Absolutely are, it is. You know, play, and, play, and, yeah. and that's one of the things that Amaris Williams said. He felt like the next few years are bright here as compared to some other places. Sure. And you know he had to be talking about Florida. Well, and, and that's and it's understandable because, I mean, recruits don't, go, don't want to go to a place where they think the coach is going to be replaced and they're going to be – uh, you know, it's going to be different, something considerably different than what they signed up for. I think it absolutely hurt. I mean, there were other things going on, but I think that hurt Harson in trying to recruit his way out of the problem that he was in uh, because you, you had uh, you had other schools saying, well, you go you go to Auburn, uh, there's going to be a coaching change in, in 2022. And I think if I think you have people, I'm not saying Auburn is doing this, but I think you, you probably have people telling Florida recruits, if you go to Florida in 2024, you know, you, you you might you might have a new coach four or five games into the season, and you might be in the transfer portal after the season's over because there's a new coach other than the one who recruited you uh, now now as the uh, now at the helm. Yeah. Uh, now, um, I was thinking that I remember the 2010 class as we were. I think Jason mentioned Jason mentioned the the Outback Bowl. Down in Tampa. That's correct, yeah. I North, guess Northwestern. Northwestern, yeah. And it was that morning that word Cam, came Cam out Newton. that Cam Newton committed. Yeah. The, the morning, the morning of Auburn. the. Now that was that was New Year's Day. It was right? New Year's it was, Day. It was the, yeah, the night after uh, night after New Year's Eve. Yep. Um, early New Year's Day. It was early, ten o'clock. Early New Year's New, Day. Or, yeah, first first game of the first game of the day on New Year's Day. Um, and that would have been. I think Jason was talking about Nick Fairley. Uh, was, yeah, he was. was. Yeah, was it was a talking player about who, Bobby Jamis and Travis as as you know that's that was the breakout or the coming out party for Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley really day. yeah really took a uh, you know re- really really took steps forward in the bowl game uh, practices leading up to that Northwestern game and then had a uh, had an impressive game. I uh, had some impressive snaps in that Northwestern game uh, to set up his Big Twenty Ten. Yeah, you were asking about and that's a really interesting question and we we touched on it with Jason a little bit. But as I was mentioning, I mean, Talia Tungavaloa is going to throw the ball. They're going to, I mean, Maryland is going to throw it. And we don't know who Auburn has available for the bowl game. Yeah, who, who are some of the players? So we asked Jason, for people who didn't hear this in the first hour, and you should go back and listen to the podcast. Jason Caldwell was outstanding, mm-hmm. as always. But uh, so we were asking about younger players maybe you didn't see as much of this season for Auburn who could have uh, who who could make a case for more playing time next year with solid bowl practices and maybe even get on the field in the bowl game. Jason went right to the secondary talking about oh, I Champ, think you have to. Now Champ Anthony played and I would say Kane Lee played, too. but but I think he may start. I would say those are t- uh, Lee and Anthony would be younger players in the secondary that seem like you know, they, they, they seem, next men up. Yeah, they seem like they're trending towards if Auburn is without DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett next year. You know, th- those are guys who uh, could be in line, depending on who Auburn brings in and, and how these other guys develop. Uh, well, Auburn, Anthony think, and Lee could be, you know, could, could be they, they could go into the spring as starters in the secondary. And I mean, it, it, Auburn's not I don't think Auburn's really bringing in a lot of corner types because they signed them and they liked the guys they signed last year. Totter Scott, I thought Colton one of the Hood, J.C. Hart. I thought one of the Oregon State DBs was a, was an outside corner. He I, I is, think, but he hasn't visited, and the dead visited, period no. is starting Monday. You're, you're right, but the, the two. So the, I mean, you could bring him in, and like Jason said. The dead period ends January third, so you could go visit. But players can't make official visits, including the portal guys, can't make an official visit until classes are starting at Auburn. We so if you want to get somebody in for the spring, 
probably needs to be somebody who has visited unless unless you do a tremendous job of selling online. And I believe both of those Oregon State defensive backs that Auburn was linked to, they've, they've both, uh, they, had, they both had a ton of interest elsewhere, yeah. too. So, so maybe, maybe Auburn is, is down the list of either of those guys. You know, another name, Bill, since we're talking about uh, young players in the secondary, I mean, partially just because we're rooting oh, for I mentioned J.C. Hart. Yeah, but J.C. J- I mean, would be another guy. He may guy at least play special teams you know, could, could in, 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 the, uh, in, in the bowl game. Could, could get in there as well. What, what about in the uh, – what about at safety? Because Auburn, you know, they, they have uh, Jalen Well, Simpson, I mean, uh, Terrence, Terrence Love and C.J. Johnson both, you know, both got some playing time. I think look for both of those guys. And I, I mean, would think in the bowl game. Would, would Wooden possibly be a, a Oh, starter? he'd probably be a starter. Yeah, he's probably starting in, in place of – are we assuming Jalen Simpson's not – I would think he's probably not. I would think Jalen Simpson's maybe he's skipping playing the bowl in the game. senior bowl. We'll, we'll see, but uh, yeah, it's well, it's not, and there's no rule against no, no, there's not in, in a bowl game and a senior bowl. But but maybe Jalen Simpson is somebody. I, I don't know. Have we heard about any Auburn player that is both going pro and not playing in the bowl game? No, and that's what Jason was talking about Saturday. Hopefully, we get to find out if there are any such cases. Remember, Hugh Freeze talked about finishing the last time we talked to him. Uh, next time we get a chance to spend some time with uh, Hugh Freeze will be Saturday at 12.30. And we'll see, we'll see what he has to say about players possibly not participating in the bowl game. We'll get one more call in before our final break. And Jerry is next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, I was just wondering about J.C. Hart. Well, I mean, I have not heard anything negative. I mean, he's a guy that... You know, just um, uh, probably, you know, he hasn't played against the level of competition that some of the other guys have. His athleticism is not in question at all, and uh, there's no questioning his work ethic. So, um, I mean, I've heard that that he's – you know, a little bigger and just as fast as he's ever been. So and that was a, that was also a position where Auburn came into the season with so many veterans. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the three starters at defensive back, uh, uh, DJ Nehemiah and Keontae, plus uh, Zion and, uh, and and Jalen and and Donovan Kaufman. Like you had th- this was a year where, unless the injury bug really ravaged Auburn secondary. It was going to be tough for young guys to get on the field a lot. This is an important offseason for JC because you, you figure some some defensive backs are moving on. Maybe he can make strides with bowl practice. And, you know, you mentioned the possibility, Bill, of maybe JC getting in there at special teams yeah. in Nashville. And then, yeah, I think it's an important offseason if he wants to take the step from true freshman learning the system and providing depth to a guy who can be called upon on the field more. Yeah, I just. Uh... Hope he gets some experience in the bowl game and uh, showcases his uh, talents. Oh yeah, no, appreciate it, Jerry. And there and there's a there, there are a lot of folks rooting for JC. I mean, he's a local guy and a a cool story. So yeah, I think I think that's another one who uh, there will there will be interest in seeing not just in the bowl game, but but throughout his Auburn career, you know, how, how things turn out. Uh, where, what's the J.D. Rim, the, the latest there? Is that, is that someone Jason that you... said he's healthy now. Okay. So, so, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, early in the season you would have thought he would have been the next guy up. So, uh, so hopefully we get a chance to see him and, as well. And later in the season you would have thought he maybe would be somebody jumping into the portal the day it opens right. because, you know, he's not on the same page as the head coach. Doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case either since at least at least so far we haven't heard anything about J.D. Rim 
no. uh, j- jumping into the transfer portal. No, there are a couple of portal tidbits, though. Uh, Totter Fromm is uh, headed to Georgia Southern. I believe that's where his brother went. Wasn't and that's, it? that's well, well, one of his brothers. Yeah, well, his, he, had an- he had another brother. Not Jake. Yeah, yeah, his he had twin, a and uh, and that's also a place with uh, Coach Helton that throws the ball mm-hmm. a lot. Clay Helton has been airing it out at Georgia Southern. And uh, and speaking of uh, quarterbacks, um, uh, word that Texas. Well, I was going to say first, Kyle McCord has ruled Nebraska out. He is not considering Nebraska, the former the Ohio State quarterback who looked like he was going to Nebraska. When word came out that Dylan Rayola is headed to Nebraska, Kyle McCord said, I don't want to go somewhere where a freshman might might beat me out. So Kyle McCord going to consider other schools. But, yes, Texas, Malik Murphy, yeah. their number two guy. So now Arch Manning is going to be number two as they head into the bowl, Assu- heading assuming, into the playoffs. Assuming Arch Manning sticks around. I think uh, now, from Quinn, what I've heard, Arch Manning's not going anywhere. Now, Quinn Ewers has a decision to make about whether or not he's draft eligible. Right. But he, could, hasn't he said or hinted that he's coming back? He's, he's suggested he's coming back, and Malik Murphy going into the portal would indicate that he – I mean, Malik Murphy doesn't expect yeah. Quinn Ewers to move on right. or else he would maybe stick around and compete for the job. But, yeah, Quinn Ewers, somebody who – you know, there's been talk that – does, does he want to gamble on himself in this draft or have a season where he could be the number one overall pick mm-hmm. in 2025? Seems like Quinn Ewers might be coming back to college football. All right, we need to get to our final break of the Wednesday drive. Stick with us. Experience. 